0: Welcome to season two of Social Creatures, a podcast from Sprout Social. I'm Kat and I am here to explore some of my favorite success stories from the world of social media. This is a space for anyone and really nearly anything goes. But what makes an account successful or popular? Honestly, it's hard to know, but that is exactly what we're here to find out. Throughout the series, we'll talk to the brains behind some of the best accounts that you know and some that you don't know yet to explore the way these businesses, organizations and individuals have achieved their success on social media and how you can do it too. Food plays a vital role in our development and is essential to our very existence. It also is often the social glue that brings communities together. Yet a third of all food produced in the world is wasted. Too Good To Go is the world's largest food waste app, and they are certainly paving the way in the fight against food waste. The app originated in Denmark in 2016 and has since spread to 17 plus countries across two continents, and currently has 3.5 million people following them across their social channels. The app connects users to participating restaurants and grocery stores, offering leftover food for a third of the retail price. Essentially, it lets you rescue unsold food at your favorite spots from an untimely fate. The company estimates that it has saved 365 million pounds of food, thanks to partnerships with close to 200,000 global businesses. And in 2022, it was one of Time's 100 most influential companies. So how did this small startup see such crazy exponential growth in such a short span of time? And what social media strategies did it use to connect with its users and build a committed community, both online and in real life? Well, today I'm joined by Jamie Crummy, co-founder of Too Good To Go. Jamie, it is so great to have you on Social Creatures today. I'm so excited to learn more about Too Good To Go can you tell us where this brilliant idea came from and how it turned into this extremely successful business?
1: If I talk about Too Good To Go from my perspective, I've always been someone who'd been motivated by social and environmental impact. And you know I think I've got my upbringing really to thank for that. But that was always the driving force in my personal life, in my professional life as well. And I feel like many people, I was probably like blissfully unaware as to the scale and the amount of food that we're wasting. And I was actually out in Australia working uh, for an events organization where it was sort of my role to be throwing away all of this foods. And it was huge amounts of food waste from preparatory waste to plate waste to overproduction as well. And as I'm throwing this food away, it's an incredibly like visceral experience, you know, filling up a 150 liter bin after 150 liter bin. And, you know, I've been someone who's often... Wanted to challenge and ask those questions and mm. it got me thinking, you know, was this something which was unique to the organization I worked for? Was it unique to the industry I was working in or was it unique to the country that at that time I called home? Anyway, fast forward a little while and I was back in the UK working with a human rights organization, which was putting on an event. And this event was catered for by people who went dumpster diving, essentially. So they took that food that previously I'd been throwing away in a bin and repurposing it into things like soups into casseroles and the stews, like super amazing food. And that, again, for myself became another question. It was like, this is amazing that these people are rescuing food from the bin is there a way that we could ensure that this food could be eaten and enjoyed before it hit the bin in the first place? And that was really where the business started. I started a website and then got connected with my co-founders who were based in France and Denmark. And we built an app like Ticket to Go is today. So it's been a yeah an incredible journey, but very much cemented in wanting to create solutions and create tools for people to be able to rescue food so it doesn't go to waste.
0: So I wonder when you were getting set up, I'm going to go ahead and say, it feels like the issues that you're highlighting, the social issues, the ecological issues, the green issues, that's very much in the zeitgeist at the moment. So how did social media then play into the early marketing strategy? Because I imagine that it must have been relatively easy to get people on board with this concept.
1: You would like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. Oh no. <laughs> when I say that, it's slightly tongue in cheek, but it it wasn't a click our fingers and suddenly we had everybody using the app. It has certainly been a journey and it's been an incredible journey at that. But when we cast our eyes back to twenty sixteen when we first launched the app itself and took it to go in its infancy. We were a business that didn't have, you know, large marketing budgets. We didn't have that uh, luxury of being able to launch a product with huge social media spend. And so for us, those early years, we very much relied on things like social media to help us grow our brand organically. You know, we relied on a whole host of other things from guerrilla marketing. We relied heavily on press and PR as well. But social media was certainly a way in which we were able to help develop and grow our community.
0: How did you use social media then? Was it to spread awareness? Was it to connect with your customers? Maybe a combination of both? Like, what are your goals on social?
1: Well, if we look back to those early years of 2016, to how we're using social media now, a lot has developed. You know, I think it would be slightly wrong of me to suggest that we had an amazing social media strategy when we started. You know, we were very much learning as we went along. You know, we would stop, start and continue on stuff which worked and maybe stuff that didn't work. So it was a much smaller sample size of customers and users within our community that we were working with, really. And we compare that to where we are now, where we have a community of 75 plus million people using our app. You know, on our social channels, we have about three and a half million people across our social channels throughout 17 countries, spanning two continents. So that strategy has certainly developed, uh, it's matured, but social throughout these eight years has been pivotal in a means for us to engage with our customer base and also engage with our partners. You know, It is that one channel where we can have those very real-time conversations with our customers, which is super important for us to be able to you know, develop and evolve our product, our product offering but also to be able to inspire and empower our community of customers as well.
0: Wow. Those figures for users on your app, they're absolutely mind blowing. Like that's so impressive. And I wonder as someone who both uses apps and has worked on apps in the past, you know, it's one thing to get those users, but it's another thing to actually retain them and keep them using the app. I did read in an interview when I was preparing for this interview about how you do use your social media channels, especially TikTok, to help keep your customers and your app users inspired. So I was wondering, could you maybe tell us a little bit about like what it is that you're you're doing on TikTok and how that has been used?
1: You're totally right. For us, the retention of our customers, keeping them active is absolutely crucial. You know, this starts with... A few different things. You know, we've got to ensure that our customers are having a great experience on the platform itself. It means that we have to have a huge variety of different businesses on our platform offering food at various different times of the day. But then social media comes into its own within this as well by helping us to engage our community. You know, we are now using social media really to inspire people to join us on our food waste mission sharing educational content and tips and tricks on food waste recipes. But it's then also about engaging our community as well. So for us here, it's showing that gratitude to our community of partners and consumers who are actually going out there and rescuing this food so it doesn't go to waste. And then using social media to talk about the functionality of the app. If we go back to 2016 when we first started, you know, I'd often tell people about the vision that we had of two Good to go and how it works. And sometimes I get looked back from people being like, you want food that would have gone in the bin? And we're like, no, eh, this is still perfectly good food. So again, we, you know, we're using our social channels to explain how people can get involved and in how the app itself works. And then looking at social media then from a retention standpoint, it is a fantastic touchpoint for us to engage with our users, our customers on a daily basis. So the interaction and those touch points we can have are super valuable for us. Then when we look at TikTok itself, it is becoming you know, increasingly important for us. And what we have seen through TikTok, but also other social channels, is the amazing amount of user-generated content here. You know, where we've had people going out and rescuing a Good To go surprise bag and then using social media to really dramatize that unboxing of the surprise bag itself. And TikTok has been a fantastic platform for us to grow that excitement and really elevate that energy that people feel when they're rescuing a bag and that surprise aspect of really not knowing what it is that you're going to get from the bag that you've rescued.
0: Oh my goodness. I just want to say I love the language that you use. I love that you're rescuing these boxes. I feel like that is just going to help really embed that sense of you're saving this food, you know, in every way that it can be saved. I love that. I think that's so smart. And I also really love that you get users to do unboxing. That's (laughs) pretty hilarious, actually, because obviously that's such a trope and trend on social media. But I love this version of it, of capturing that surprise. That's just so smart.
1: Well, I think it's brilliant you've picked up on the language there because it goes back to my motivations, but also the motivations that we have as an organization, which is very much being about impact-led. And you know, when we talk about the act of rescuing a bag, it's because you yourself are doing something positive and the businesses involved as well are doing something positive because this is food that would otherwise have gone to waste. And when we use this language, I really feel it's quite empowering and it's quite inspiring. You know, I think that is reflected through the content, which is generated through our social channels too.
0: One thing that I have noticed as well is that it seems like you have been very receptive in general to how large social shifts and changes can affect behavioral habits. So there was messaging that you pushed out around the COVID pandemic that too good to go hopes it can make people feel as emotional about the issue of food waste as they do plastic and that COVID-19 will help change people's relationship with food for good. I completely agree with the sentiment of that message. And I feel like it's a really important thing to share, but it's definitely a sensitive message to share at that time. I am curious, how do you select the issues and the social shifts to respond to and comment on? And is that something that you take a lot of time and care with
1: before you do comment on it? I think the important thing for me to do here is to reflect that, you know, our primary goal as an organization is to inspire and empower everyone to fight food waste together. And so as a result, this will always like transcend into how we communicate ourselves both internally, but importantly, externally as well. So many of us are unaware as to the scale and gravity of the issue of food waste. So about 40% of the food that we produce globally ends up being thrown away. This means that we use a landmass greater than the size of China to produce food that ultimately goes in the bin. And when we think of this from a environmental perspective, it's like 10% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions come from food waste alone, which is greater than that of the aviation industry, greater than that of plastics as well, combined. Whoa. So when we're talking about this, it is very much there to inspire people to want to bring about that change, but importantly, then back that up by giving people the tools and resources to be able to do something about that.
0: Those stats are horrific. I have to say, my socks have been blown off my feet in horror Mm. at those. Wow, I almost feel a bit ignorant for asking that question before now, because I just wonder if people are aware of these stats and figures, you know, like that commonly. And certainly, I think we're doing the right thing to shout about it then.
1: And that's just very much where we feel our role within this is to Mm. help share this news, but it's to really change away from this pit of doomerism. And enable people to embrace this notion of tourism. You know, so when we talk about the impact of food waste itself, particularly from an environmental perspective, we're giving people those tools and resources to feel empowered that they can do something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned about COVID itself, even right now, when we look across the summer that we've just had all across the world with the extreme weather that we've been experiencing as a result of climate change, to be able to give people some of these resources, these tips, these tricks that people can do to have a tangible impact within their own lives and thus on society as well, I think is really beneficial. I could
0: not agree with you more. Speaking of the pandemic, though, I'm sure that obviously impacted how we consume food as a society, which presumably also had a big impact on your business. I'm gonna go ahead and make an assumption, which as we all know is a very dangerous thing to do, but make an assumption that also your social media use as a business changed during this time. Can you maybe tell us about the evolution through that period of time and how you did use social media?
1: Yeah, we cast our minds back between 2020 and 2022. You know, ourselves, much like many other businesses and our teams, just like so many people across the world were like severely impacted by this. So many of our partners, unfortunately, weren't able to operate and as a result didn't survive through COVID itself. And so that was a huge impact, not only on ourselves, but on our partners. And then at the same time, there was the messaging that was very different from the markets in which we operated in. You know, we had some markets where the guidance from government was very different to what it was like here in the UK. So our social media messaging had to be very sensitive to what that was. Mm. We didn't want to be encouraging people to be going outside and mixing when they didn't need to. But actually, what we did see through our communities through social media was that Too Good to Go became something to look forward to. So particularly here in the UK, where we had strict lockdown rules. It was an opportunity for people to use that one time a day where they could go out and collect groceries to go and rescue a surprise bag. And it brought a unique standpoint to their day, some sort of variety, some sort of change. So again, when we were talking about social media, it was being very sensitive to what was going on in the wider sort of geopolitical sphere and what those broader communications were. But again, enabling people to feel part of a community community which at a time could feel very isolating and very lonely, but also empowering people to then go out and rescue a meal during those difficult times.
0: I have a funny feeling, given your encouraging use of the word empowerment, that I know what the answer to this question might be. But with your social media channels, a lot about providing information for people, about what you're doing, how they can help Content creation at the best of times can be something which is about striking a balance between keeping people's attention, keeping them engaged. And I do sometimes think that in the world that we're in with so much narrative around climate change, so much narrative around lots of awful things, compassion fatigue is a real thing, both for people working within organizations like yourselves, but also people who are bombarded with so many different messages on social media at any given point of the day. How do you strike that balance between not overwhelming your followers or boring them? And look, I think the content is super important, but like one note, sort of like, let's keep doing this, let's keep doing this. How do you keep them engaged? Because you do have a really impressive social media following. So I'm curious how you manage to keep that balance.
1: You already seem to be hitting the nail on the head there. It is this balance. As an organization, when we talk about our social media strategy, it very much reflects what our brand strategy is. We don't want to be a business which is preaching and telling people what to do. Rather, we want to bring a community together and celebrate the great things that our community of users are doing, as well as our partners. And so as a result, this is you know, reflective of what we do through our social channels. When we look at this, fundamentally, we need to make sure that our content is interesting and it's original in equal measures. And importantly, you know, this content has to be helpful So what we typically do is we view our content in sort of three buckets. We have that first bucket, which is showing that gratitude and celebrating. And then at the same time, it's then giving those functional updates. So letting people know how they're able to use the app and all sorts of these things. And then that third bucket, which comes into inspiring people, but empowering them as well, is giving those that educational side of things. Mm -hmm. So it could be talking about things like date labels. A few years back, we launched a date label campaign, which was around looking, smelling, and tasting food once it had gone beyond its best before date and printing this message on certain food brands. So you'll see it now on anything from the yogurts in the supermarket aisles to your juice from Tropicana or your shreddies or something like that. You'll see this message on pack, And again, like using social media as a way to educate the public around this, giving some of these food waste stats but also making it relatable to people by using equivalences. So when you're wasting a banana, it is the equivalent of X amount of greenhouse gas emissions, which is then the equivalent of however many hot showers or making how many cups of tea. So really trying to make that relatable to our audience as well. It sounds like you found the perfect
0: balance, you know, like those three corners definitely seem to cover all basis. Mm. I especially love the gratitude bit because, again, I think by showing that and celebrating things, you're immediately offsetting any sense of the heaviness all the time. Like having those celebrations are really important.
1: And I guess that's also reflective with the actual functionality of the app itself. So when I spoke earlier, I talked about that notion of doomerism, and we think of climate change, it can often feel quite overwhelming for us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, by ensuring that we can empower people, give them the tools and resources that they can then use, it also doesn't need to be something which is seen as negative. You know, that you yourself can do something which is positive, can be something which is engaging. You know, what is more fun than rescuing a surprise bag from your favorite bakery and then coming home and having these guilt-free calories, almost, or these eco-calories? You know, you've known that you've done something positive for the planet and it becomes something which is fun and something which is engaging. And we try and replicate that through our social channels as well.
0: I have never heard the term eco-calories, but I love that. <laughs> if there's any calorie that doesn't count, it's surely an eco-calorie, right?
1: That's been born today, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love
0: that. So I mentioned at the top of this interview that ecological and green issues are in the zeitgeist right now. And so I wonder, a big part of a lot of people's social strategy is partnering with uh, other people on social to break into new networks and just to spread awareness. Do you do anything like that? Do you partner with other green businesses or green influencers? Is that part of your social strategy? In a
1: broader context, we're talking here about collaboration and from my perspective, collaboration is fundamental if we're going to tackle things like climate change, if we're going to tackle any sort of social and environmental issue, it is by working with others that we can truly create impact at scale. You know, if we then look at that from a social perspective, we've worked with a whole host of eco businesses or with influencers who are big in the sustainability space. But as we've grown, it's been super important for us to not just partner with like-minded businesses, but with a whole host of different influencers and partners who have a different type of audience. Because what we're wanting to do is bring food waste itself into the mainstream. So it is part of public discourse. And I feel that for us to be able to achieve this, we need to be working with a, a huge variety of different influences or of different organizations so that we can reach as many people as possible. Over the period
0: of time that you've been using social, you've been growing the business, what have been the big challenges that you find with it and the consequent learnings?
1: How long have we got? (laughs) Uh, There's been huge amounts of challenges. I think the fact that the social media space has been changing exponentially over the past eight years. I think the key learning for us centers around focus. We don't have the resource nor the time to be able to be present on every single social media channel. So for us, I think that big learning has been about double downing on a few channels. And for us, that's centered around Instagram, which is our core channel, utilizing others such as LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter and more latterly TikTok as well. Where in the past, we've probably tried to be too present across a whole different amount of channels we'd much rather focus on doing a few really well than trying to spread ourselves too thin. And as a result, not delivering that value to our community and to our audience. That's such perfect
0: advice, I think, actually, and an important one, because I think the pressure to be on all channels is really real. Mm. Jimmy, before we finish, I just want to ask something, which I'm sure you've been asked a million times before. Are you familiar with nominative determinism?
1: Yeah, you know what I'm going to say,
0: don't you? So your name is Jamie Crummy, and a crumb is inherently the leftover bit of food. Yeah. And I just think this is amazing that you work about rescuing food and food that would otherwise be thrown away. And I just think that matches so nicely. I'm sad I'm not the first person to
1: say this to you. Well, I've (laughs) even had people come up to me and ask if I've changed my name.
0: I mean, that would be dedication.
1: (laughs) But I also think I would have gone for something slightly more um, obvious (laughs) than crummy. But there we go. Yes, very familiar with normative determinism and it's quite serendipitous, I think.
0: Oh, I think that's absolutely fabulous. Well, look, Jimmy, I have loved chatting to you. If People want to get involved with Too Good To Go. Could you tell us a little bit about where they should go, how they can find you, where they can get the app, the whole kit and caboodle?
1: You can download the app. It's free to download on the App Store and Play Store. You can check us out on our social channels, Too Good To Go, on Instagram, Twitter, as well as TikTok too. So really encourage people to download the app and start rescuing food. So here in the UK, we work with everyone from the likes of Greg's and Starbucks through to your Aldi's and your Morrisons, as well as a whole host of independent food businesses too. So our community so far in eight years has rescued over 250 million meals from going to waste. So you can join that community and start having an impact straight away.
0: I love that so much. Jamie, thank you so much for this fabulous conversation. It's been absolutely
1: wonderful. No, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kat.
0: You've been listening to Social Creatures with me, Kat Anderson. Many thanks to Jamie Crummy for joining me today. And a special thank you to Sprout Social for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to let us know on social media at Sprout Social and subscribe to hear other episodes like this wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again in
1: two weeks.